is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra and Kelsey with Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. It's December already. Yeah, and almost 2016. This year has passed so quickly. Time really is an illusion. Life's happening right in each moment, not tomorrow or last year, just right now. The Ayurveda conference that you presented at in India went so well, and now you're staying on to have Panchakarma treatment. Yep. Panchakarma is a wonderful way to reset from a busy few years and I really welcome this special time to go inside and to rejuvenate. We do a great job with it at Halepule, but it's different when I'm away by myself. And I'm about to start my own Panchakarma for three weeks at Halepule in Hawaii. I so look forward to the treatments and reduced activity. It's a great thing for everyone to do yearly. The texts recommend it not only to reverse the disease process and enhance health, but to promote longevity. It calms the doshas, strengthens agni, and brings balance to life. On the subject of balance, we're nearing the holidays, a time where we can take special attention to practice balance. Balance during the holidays, however, can seem like an elusive concept when there's so much additional stimulation. Many people learn to be stressed and imbalanced during the holidays. You know, the mind and body can habituate anything. So we need to turn away from old habits for some real change and some new results then. And this applies particularly to our habits of thinking. Meaning, for example, automatically thinking of busyness and stress when thinking of the holidays? Yes, or anything else in life for that matter. Old habits of thinking and behavior produce the old results. Habits breed unconsciousness. Consistency in conscious behavior will cultivate happiness. This means start noticing when your thoughts begin to go down an anxious or worrisome path, when thinking about your holiday commitments, for example. We've mentioned previously to simply remind yourself, oh, I don't do that anymore and reminding yourself of a new thought or action, such as relax, smile, breathe, trust that all is well. Back up in the process, and especially the mental process, and this will make all the difference in how you feel. The mind is so powerful, and stress is just our perception. I've practiced being aware of my thinking and turning it in a better direction, as you have suggested, and am amazed every time that even though nothing in my surroundings or situations changed, I have a complete shift inside. And that experience of going from angst to peace without changing anything on the outside is one of the most freeing experiences I've had. And it has only been a result of the changes inside of me. You know, stress wears us out faster than anything else, meaning wears out the body as well as the mind. Yeah, I can see that. So having a perception that results in feeling stressed is an important aberration to notice and to take some steps to change. And the key is to take steps to change it. I'm working with a woman right now who has plenty of knowledge. 
as did I when I first started working with you. This knowing that stress is about perception and often not based in reality is not enough to make a significant difference. I still felt stressed even after reminding myself that it was just perception. It was using the tools to make an energetic and mental shift that brought me the growth and freedom that I experience today. We had a group for a silent retreat recently and that was a key theme, how to apply knowledge to shift our life experience. Most of them had quite a bit of knowledge and experience, but we're still not putting things into action in daily life where it was really going to make a difference in how they felt and how their life went. And what I said to them was, it's the tools of the intuitive energy practice that have made all the difference for me, both in meditation, but even more importantly, in my daily life. They are incredibly effective. Let's talk a little more about the holidays and then have you guide us through meditation using the tools so that our listeners can also experience them. Sounds great. We mentioned that for many of us, our thinking has become holiday equals stress. And we have a tendency to do too much. And then gifts are involved in an already busy schedule. So to set up something new, take a few minutes to write out your top five priorities in life. And maybe you've already done that. If so, pull them out. Make sure everything you commit to aligns with those priorities. That may mean turning down an invitation or waiting to do something until a later time. And then make a list of what you feel you have to do and ask yourself, what are your best choices? Doing this exercise and then keeping those priorities in front of you will make a big difference in how the holidays go. Another stressor I experienced involved eating at holiday gatherings. It seemed everyone in my family overate and encouraged everyone else to do the same. I often laid down to nap after eating because I was so full, which I later learned is harmful to digestion and overall health. And then stepping away to lay down interfered with the purpose of gathering to visit. It all seemed a little crazy to me. We really need to remind ourselves that nothing good comes from doing things that make us feel bad and that more is not always better. I still ask myself on a regular basis, will this support my spiritual connection and improve my life? And if the answer isn't clearly yes, then I don't do it. Mm. We can apply this to food and how much to eat. If you eat a second helping, will it make you feel good about yourself and support your spiritual connection? Are you going to feel good in an hour or three or four hours later? It's a choice. And we need to learn to honestly assess the results of our actions and then make wise choices. I guess that applies to stimulation of the senses as well. Constant music and flashing lights on trees, for example. Yeah, and that came from the commercial influence. You know, simplicity works really well in terms of the senses and and our happiness. And if you like more music or lights, then just be aware of giving your senses a break with regular quiet time, before bed, for example. And this applies to life in general. A current client constantly played light music in the background, literally all the time. And we had her incorporate time without music, and she's come to really enjoy the silence and has appreciated that time for her to focus and to have an, an experience of herself that she wasn't having when she was having the sound. 
Yeah, quiet time is so important. It's one of the ways we come to know more about ourselves, to see what's really going on inside. Something that stands out to me is that we don't need to throw our daily serenity out the window because of an event, a holiday, for example. I know someone who, no matter what the event, even just going to a gathering with friends, ends up with a lot of drama that their daily life generally doesn't have. Breaking and losing things, being forgetful. It starts about 48 hours before something out of the ordinary and goes through the event and then she kind of settles back down again. This is where the practices of pranayama and meditation are really helpful. They slow us down enough to recognize when we start to go into a destructive habit. And the intuitive energy practice provides the tools to make a new choice. That's one of the reasons I'm enthused that we have a new offering, a package for personal pranayama and meditation guidance. We work with students to set up a practice or refine and expand their current one over a series of sessions. And this can be found on our website, halepule.com, in the yoga training drop-down tab in the section called Deepen Your Practice. Pranayama works directly with our life force, called prana in Sanskrit, and it's so powerful because of that. There's numerous physiological and energetic functions, and this reminds me that we usually have more sick clients in December and January than the rest of the year. At the time you're having a cold or feeling a little ill, you need to leave out the retentions in your pranayama. Most people are exhausted before the holidays. The transitions between seasons are a more vulnerable time for illness. And in the autumn time, just before the holidays, is the vata time of year. So successfully moving through that time from autumn into winter does require some conscious self-care. If we're exhausted and imbalanced going into it, then we don't handle insults very well. Exhaustion and illness indicates that the ojas is depleted. And ojas is our vitality, which is represented in our immunity and our blissfulness. And the main component of ojas is our agni, our digestive fire. So it really comes down to digestion of food and life. Often during the holidays, people overeat or they eat too often eat junky food, and then digestion becomes disturbed and that results in illness. Not to mention feeling heavy and bloated. Oh, I don't miss that at all. You know, we're really meant to feel vital and energized in life. If we aren't feeling that way, then we need to root out the cause so that we can keep Agni strong and then keep our Ojas up. Let's take a short break and then have you guide us through a session. Okay. Asanas, or yoga postures, help us find balance and flexibility in our bodies so we can find the same in our minds. The goal of yoga practice is not about looking good or making it into difficult poses. Yoga calms the mind and soothes the ego so that we can live more fully in our true selves. The practices can bring peace, confidence, and the ability to connect to our true selves any time of year and in any situation. Hale Pule's foundational online course, A State of Yoga, guides you to establish a home practice. In 10 video lessons, you'll gain a holistic picture of yoga and find out how it can help you maintain 
a calm and steady mind. This course is available on our website, halepule.com. And send us your questions for this podcast at hashtag AskHalePule. That's hashtag Ask H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E on Facebook and Twitter. We're back. We've been talking about how to move beyond old habits related to the holidays and allow happiness to flourish. We talked about a few solutions to have happiness and calm during the holidays and every day. Changing our thinking with pranayama and meditation is one. Creating new conscious habits in general is also effective, such as oiling the body regularly. You can read more about this process, which is called Abhyanga, on our website, which is halepule.com. Also going to sleep by 10 p.m. and having a regular eating schedule. These are all ways we can support a low-stress, relaxed experience through the holidays. In our blog, The Library of Self-Healing, we have a Thriving Through the Holidays toolkit that includes information on basic pranayama and meditation practices, kitchery recipes to balance digestion, and a sugar-free pumpkin pie recipe. It's a great way to avoid holiday recovery and experience vibrancy throughout the season. We mentioned the intuitive energy practice as tools in meditation as well as daily life. We learn to keep things current on the inside in order to be fully present on the outside. It's empowering to learn to manage our energy. It's taking charge of how we give direction to the mind and guidance to the body. Let's have a 10-minute guided intuitive energy practice. These practices assist us to clear out the old and implement the new. So establish yourself in a comfortable position with a tall spine. You can sit against a wall or in a chair if you need the support to keep your spine tall. If you're sitting on the floor, cross your legs comfortably and sit on as many blankets or pillows as needed to have your hips a little higher than your knees. This creates the best position for the pelvis and allows the energy to flow. You can also sit in a chair. Close your eyes and follow along. If during this you find that you drift off or you feel like you passed out, just when you realize it, just come back to the present. As spirit, you still hear what's going on. Now bring your attention into the center of your head. And you'll do that by drawing a line between the eyebrows straight back and from the tops of the ears straight across. And where those two lines cross is the center of your head. And this is a place for you just for you. So you want to make sure that it's only your energy there, only your voice. And you can decorate it, imagine it just like you'd like it to be. And this is a place where you can be neutral, where you can find equanimity and even-mindedness. So learning to own the center of your head is, is a really uh, helpful tool. Now, keeping your attention at the center of the head, imagine a grounding cord, an energetic cord from the base of your spine to the center of the planet. You could even make it as wide as your hips if you'd like. Hook it into the center of the planet and just imagine a switch. Flip it on and be in the mode of releasing and letting go. And I'm using the word imagine. You don't have to visualize it. You might not see anything. 
you might just sense it. So just use your imagination that way. So now you're in the center of your head. You're grounding to the center of the planet. You're releasing anything you're ready to let go of. From near the center of the planet, bring earth energy up through the bottoms of your feet, through your knees, through your hips, and down your grounding cord, creating a connection with the earth. And then reach way out into the cosmos and then brings bright, sparkling cosmic energy in through the top of the head, down the backside of the spine to the base of the spine, and pick up about 10% of that earth energy and bring this mixture of cosmic and earth energy back up the front side and let it pour out through the top of your head, filling up the aura. And your aura is the energetic bubble around your physical body. And let's just set that aura at about about 18 inches or half a meter around the body evenly. Take some of that cosmic and earth energy that's coming up the front side of the spine from the center of the chest, the throat area, the center of the head and your crown, and run it into the shoulders, down through the arms, and out through the palms of your hands. And if you've never felt that, you can turn your palms up and feel that. That's your energy. So this is you grounding and running your energy. And this can bring you back to yourself if you've gotten um, lost, we might say. Now let's take a look at the chakras. And these are energy centers, we'll say. And there are seven main ones that we'll look at. At the base of the spine, the Muladhara chakra. See it as a ball of bright gold energy spinning and in it a red ruby stone that is turning. The Muladhara chakra is about your grounding, your sense of security and sense of belonging. The Svadhisthana chakra or the second chakra it's called in the area of the low belly, the low back and the hips. See it as a ball of bright gold energy spinning, and in it an orange-amber stone that is turning. The Svadhisthana Chakra is about your feelings, your sensuality and sexuality. The third chakra, Manipura Chakra, in the area from just below the navel up to the ribs, the diaphragm or solar plexus area. See it as a ball of bright gold energy spinning and in it a yellow topaz stone that is turning. The Manipura chakra is it's how we manifest in the physical world. It's about our expression of our personal power. And these first three chakras relate to the physical material world. The fourth chakra, Anahata chakra, at the center of the chest, but involves that area that is the chest and upper back. 
see it as a ball of bright gold energy spinning and in it a green emerald stone that is turning the anahata chakra is about our affinity for ourselves and for others and it's about giving and receiving freely the fifth chakra Vishuddha chakra at the base of the throat in the center but let's just say it involves from the collarbones up to just below the eyebrows See it as a ball of bright gold energy spinning and in it a blue sapphire stone that is turning. The Vishuddha Chakra is about communication, both verbal and telepathic communication. The sixth chakra, or Ajna Chakra, from just below the eyebrows to the top of the forehead. See it as a ball of bright gold energy spinning and in it a deep blue lapis stone with a little gold on it that is turning. The Ajna Chakra is about our clairvoyance and clear seeing. The seventh chakra, crown chakra or Sahasra from the top of the forehead to the top of the head. See it as a ball of bright gold energy spinning and in it a purple amethyst stone that is turning. The crown chakra or Sahasra is about our knowingness. These are the things that we came into this lifetime knowing that no one taught us. And then about 18 inches or half a meter above the head is a diamond. And this is your guiding star, your pole star. Use that pole star to set the edge of your aura. And you can reference it any time if you feel disoriented or lost. Now with your attention at the center of the head, Imagine a rose out in front of you and just notice the size and the openness of that rose. And we just use the rose as a neutral symbol to help us move energy. So make that rose a sticky rose and just run it now through the center of your head and just let it clean out any static, anything that's kind of sticky, maybe some resistance, maybe a little worry. Let it clean out anything that's not you and anything you're really just ready to let go of. And then put that rose out in front of you at arm's length and destroy the rose, either by tossing a little bomb and completely diffusing it, or light a match and dissolve it completely. So energy bites, nature moves. And when it stops moving, that's when we experience feeling blocked or we'll feel physical pain. So these tools then just help us remember how to keep our energy moving in the way it wants to naturally. Now, 
those stones that we referred to in each of the chakras, they're just a centering point. So the energy there is changing all of the time and the colors will change and there's really not a, any specific meaning to any one color. It's just something to notice and notice how it might change at times. And then notice how that color, which represents a vibration, feels. And then you can always shift the color if the vibration doesn't feel good. Now imagine out in front of you a chakra person. This is just something, an image that looks just like you with those seven main chakras. And I'd like you just to allow little white lights to light up on that chakra person everywhere there are memories or habits of thinking. Sometimes we call them a picture. In yoga, we call them a samskara or an impression. All the same thing. So allow those little white lights to light up that represent that habit of thinking that says that holidays equal stress. And once those little white lights have lit up, just notice where they are. Create another rose out in front of you and use that rose as a sticky rose and collect up all those little white lights. And then put the rose out in front of you at arm's length and destroy the rose. So we're just dispersing the charge on that thinking. And now have little white lights light up everywhere there are pictures with charge that say that things have to be done a certain way and that there's really only one way uh, in terms of the type of food or how it goes around the holidays because there's a lot of commercial programming there. So have those little white lights light up everywhere there's that programming that says that it has to be done just a certain way. and then create another rose and use that rose to collect up those little white lights representing that programming from the commercialization of holidays. And then put the rose out in front of you and destroy the rose. And now have little white lights light up everywhere there are pictures with charge. Now remember that's those habits of thinking that says, I should do things. And the emphasis here is on should. So in other words, it's not something that you want to do necessarily, and it might not be something you feel good about doing. And this is particularly so around, perhaps around uh, family gatherings or work gatherings. And now create a rose and use that rose to collect up all those little white lights and put the rose out in front of you and destroy the rose. And the idea here is that we start to clear that charge off of the should so that we can just be able to say no when we want to say no and yes when we want to say yes. And now go ahead and destroy your chakra person. 
create one more rose out in front of you and just let that rose act like a, a, a comb like you would use for your combing your hair and just run it very gently through your aura clearing out any static, any stickiness, anything you feel uh, fearful about or resentful about or angry about really freshen up the entire aura all the way around your body, above your head, below your feet, all sides. And then put that rose out in front of you at arm's length and destroy the rose. And let that energy get dispersed and it'll get recycled back where it came from. Now there's another piece to this. And this is how we replenish ourselves. When we let go of things, there's a void or a space that's created. And we want to be sure to fill that up with things that we want to have in our life. So imagine over your head a big gold sun and just make it huge. And let's put in there the energy of clarity, uh, freshness in how you approach things, and the essence of holiday that you feel. In other words, going back to the original intention as you understand it. Anything else you'd like to put in there that you'd like to fuel yourself with? And then put in self-love and love of the divine. When you're ready, pop a hole in the gold sun and allow bright gold, high vibration energy to pour in through the top of the head, filling up all the cells of the body, in particular filling up those spaces where you've let go of things. All the way through the tips of the fingers and toes, filling up your grounding cord, and then filling your aura. And then when you're ready, you can open the eyes slowly. A really nice exercise is to just sit for, let's say, one minute or five minutes even or longer. You could set a timer and just sit and bring in gold suns, bright gold, high vibration energy, and just keep letting it pour over you. It's a great way to shift your energy really quickly. You know, the holidays can be whatever we want them to be. Establish some new ways for yourself, you know, ways that will make you feel well overall. And make a decision for yourself. Is the short-term pleasure hit worth it? If it is, then go for it. And if not, then breathe and draw on the courage and strength that you have in you, that all of us do have to make a different choice. You'll increase your consciousness and you'll experience a new level of well-being. The more you choose well-being, the better you'll feel and less you'll be attracted to the things that keep you feeling unwell or discontented. We're meant to be happy, joyous, and free. I say that often because it's true for me. I've had that experience. And it's possible for each of us. The practices of Ayurveda and yoga support us to move in that direction. 
Well, thank you for that discussion and the meditation. I have new experiences every time I practice. That's all we have time for today. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach to bring balance, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaliPule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at hollypule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halipule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.